we should just go home. I can't let you do that though. I really can't. I'd love to. I pray today that you know that God's not looking for the floweriness of your words, but the posture of your heart. I pray that prayer won't be your last resort, but your first response. And you go, Mike, I don't even know where to start. Just talk to him and watch it come together. Tuesday night, seven o'clock in our True North Auditorium, Mallory, Neil, Mallory and Josh and their prayer team are gonna be leading a prayer time. You may go, man, I need that. Tuesday night, seven o'clock this week, right up the hill. This word that we're gonna talk to today is attached to prayer. In fact, I would say if you remove prayer, this word doesn't exist. I would say if you take prayer out of the equation, we don't have what we're going to talk about today, and that word is hope. See, while we're left on this side of heaven, our lifeline is prayer. Today, we find Paul in the journey where we left him off last week, and we find hope. I don't know your circumstance. I really don't. I don't know all the prayers that were uttered down here, both services. I really don't. And how many were uttered from chairs all over this room that you just didn't come down, but you were, you were seeking the Lord. You were crying out to the Lord. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Now, everybody look at me. You're never beyond hope. Hope can grab you where you are and get you where you need to go. Acts chapter 27. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn there. We're going to read a short little passage. Short little passage. Acts chapter 27. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's Word together? Acts chapter 27. Last week we found Paul and, and these guys. Remember, he's a prisoner and we find him in a terrible storm. Terrible. And this storm is rattling them. Acts 27, verse 20. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all what was gone. What's that word? Remember, sailors trying to get where they're going, they're navigating off the stars the constellations, and they're, they're gone. They can't see them. And the sailors just throw up their hands, and they're like, we don't have any hope. They've already tossed everything they've got overboard. They have no food. They have no provisions. They have no supplies. They have no clothes. They've tossed it over trying to weather the storm, and now they can't even see. They, can't even, they don't even know where they're going. All hope is gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Remember, all their food went overboard. Finally, Paul called the crew together. Remember, Paul's a prisoner. But man, when you're, when you're desperate, you'll listen to anybody. Isn't that true? And Paul, Paul begins to speak out. He said, men should listen to me in the first place and not left Crete. You'd have avoided all this damage and loss. Paul had warned them. They didn't listen. But I love verse 22. But take, what's the next word? 
Hope's not lost. Take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship's going to go down. Bad news, boys. Ship's going down. Good news? You're going to survive. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. I believe God, and it will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. And I love this. And about midnight, on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. Hope was on the horizon. Would you pray with me? Father, today, teach us, speak to us, and get us to land. It's in Jesus' name we hope and pray. Amen. Before you're seated, find three people around you and say, I sure am glad we've got hope. Do that real quick. I sure am glad we got hope. Last week, we talked about storms. If you missed this in the second week of our series, the first week we talked about the storm of waiting. Last week, we talked about how to get through what you're going through. How do we get through the storms of life? And we said, some storms are avoidable. We cause them, right? Where our choices, our mistakes, our mess-ups, we cause the storms. Some are avoidable. Some storms are unavoidable. We can't navigate around them. We can't be good enough to miss them. We just have to get through them. Some storms cause us to question God. And we said last week, if you missed, God can handle our questions. God's okay. Take your question to him, not Facebook, all right? Take it to him. Don't, don't put it on Facebook, crazy people on Facebook. So just, just take it to him. Then we ended talking about hope. And that's where we're going to camp out today. Have you ever felt hopeless? Hope is this confident expectation of a better future. It's, it's going to be okay. But when you're hopeless, it really feels like the lights went out and you're stuck. It may be hopeless in a situation you're walking through in life, hopeless in a position that you found yourself in, but when you are hopeless, it is like everybody flipped the lights out and life moved on and left you where you are. And you feel abandoned, you feel isolated, you feel like there is just nothing good in any of this that's going to come from it. Hopeless. That's where these guys were on the ship. They felt hopeless. There's no way any good. They, they should have never taken Paul. It's all Paul's fault. They're trying to get Paul to Rome. Yeah, he told them not to go. There's 275 people that are innocent bystanders on this ship that now are going through this storm. And they have all lost hope. I know what it's like to lose hope. You know what it's like to lose hope. There's been years I've sat in a seat and I didn't know what it was like. And then there's been years I've walked through and I went, oh, so that's what it's like. 
It's like there's just not a good answer. There's just not, you, you just don't see anything good coming. Hope less. I would tell you this story was left in Scripture for you. It's really interesting that Luke, a physician, chose to write these words down and include this part of the journey and write it the way that he did. So we believe that that the word is inspired. God inspired Luke to write these words because he knew we would sit in here today and we would need to know this part of the journey. All he needed to tell you is Paul got to Rome. That's all he needed to tell you. But he left this in there. And we learned some lessons from it. Really? Number one. Here we go. Lesson number one, perspective. To have hope sustained, we need to remember perspective. Perspective is an interesting word because we, we know perspective to be something that allows us to see, right? We um, change perspective. We change our view. Listen to what Paul tells him, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship's going to go down. Paul gives them the perspective. You're going to survive. The ship's not. So when Paul spoke, these sailors were able to lean into Paul's faith a little bit. Paul had learned some lessons about God. Yes or no question. Was Paul always a good guy, yes or no? No. Paul's a bad guy. In fact, Jesus met Paul on the way to murder more Christians, and then Paul went through a journey where he went away for three years into the desert by himself. Who knows what he learned in those three years? See, they were able to lean into Paul's perspective. So I have a choice, okay? I want you to write these little thoughts down, right? There's three perspectives we get access to. Number one is our own. It's my perspective. So when Northstar started, I was 28. Anne was 27. Casey was three. Mary Michael was unborn. I came out of five and a half years of student ministry helping parents raise their children. I used to have 10 points 10 guaranteed tips to help you raise a great child till I had to raise them, all right? Then I have three suggestions you may or may not want to try, right? And so it's perspective, right? My perspective as a 28-year-old guy is not my perspective 25 years later. It's just different, right? I've learned a lot. A lot of it I've learned through tough times. Perspective. I have mine. I know what I've been through. I know what I've learned. Second perspective I have is God's word. I want you to write this down, God's word. Did God just leave us a Bible to just have a Bible? No, he left us a Bible so we can see his faithfulness through generations. He left us his word, not for us to feel guilty. Oh my gosh, I didn't get a chance to read it. He left us his word so we want to read it. So we want to get into it and go, Somebody else has been through a time where they questioned God and they made it. If they can make it, I can make it. And that's why he, and here's what I love, he doesn't clean up the stories. He doesn't just put all the goods in the stories. See, if I were in, I was not consulted, but if I had been consulted about writing the Bible, I would have left all the bad out. Like I'm a good news person, I would have left all the bad out. He doesn't, 
He doesn't do that, though. The guy that was called a man after God's own heart in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, made some pretty poor choices. But he left us in there for perspective. God could use King David. God could use us. He's never done with us. So we have God's word. The third perspective we can get is others. If you're in this room today and you've walked through a loss, there's probably a point I've told you, I want to introduce you to to this family because they've been right where you were. Perspective. And sometimes it's not anything that family is going to tell you. They're just going to look at you and go, "If, if we made it, you can make it. I don't have anything else. I don't have a magic pill to give you. It's perspective. Here's the dangerous part. If I don't open God's word and I don't give access to other people into my life, all I've got is my perspective. And when we're in a storm, ladies and gentlemen, and the stars are covered and the wind is raging, I don't do real well navigating my own ship. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have a group called Grief Share that Kathy leads for families to get together and go, I'm not alone. We're going to have surviving the holidays coming up in November for families to go, all right, I'm walking in the holiday season. How do I do that? We we do that for that reason, to give you perspective. Jesus gives us some perspective. Matthew, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store for yourselves treasures in heavens where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there, your, there the desires of your heart will also be. I want you to write down this, okay? And underline it, circle it. And he, here's, the, here's the phrase. I'm just passing through. Did you write that down? That's a perspective. Would you all agree we're not going to live here forever? Can we all agree on that? We're not going to live on this earth forever. We are just passing through. But sometimes it seems like it lasts longer than that. So the other week, Ann and I went to get out of town for a few days during the fall break, and we like warm and we like water, and so and we don't like hurricanes. All right, and so we went, we went, we went further west and and found a little place, and it was great. We'd never been there before, and I rented it and on VRBO uh, online. Um, it was great. It was a great little spot. They're very. Their security there was very tight for all three guests that were there. But anyways, so we were there for a couple days. But I remember the first night, I don't like driving. I don't like distance. So we got there and we laid down the first night and the bed was hard as a rock. You ever laid down in one of those? I mean, I'm talking like the concrete would have felt better than this bed did. Only thing it had was covers, all right? And so we laid down and I looked at Ann. She's like, don't start griping. And I did, all right? And so we're laying there and I'm like, I can't sleep like this. This is brutal. I'm gonna go sleep in the truck. This is terrible, right? So we stay there three, four nights. That place needs a new mattress. I felt like I felt an obligation from the Lord to buy them a new mattress, but I was just renting it. Right, I VRBO'd it, I paid for it, and, and a verbo, I guess they call it now. But anyway, so I paid for it, and it's a done deal, and, and all that kind of good stuff. I didn't go to the Tempur-Pedic store in town and go, hey, 
I'm here for a couple nights. I'd like to buy a $3,000 mattress for the place I'm staying in. That's probably not a good use of money. Why? Because I was just passing through. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what life may throw at you, I'm going to tell you right now, you're just passing through. You're not here forever. Perspective. Number two, presence. Presence. Of all of these, this is my, the one that we need to hold on to. Paul looks at them and he said, for last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Don't you wish when you're going through those times, you like you're sitting and you're crying out to the Lord and you're in the sonic drive through and you're sitting there and an angel of the Lord just reaches over, puts his hand on your knee or she puts her hand on your knee and goes, God's with you. Don't you wish that? It would scare you. But anyways, but, but if it happened, you know, we've got something even greater. See, Jesus began to talk to his disciples about leaving, and they, they flipped, they freaked, they didn't like it. And Jesus looked at the disciples and said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Who will, what's the next word? Leave you. Say it with me again. What? Never. When you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart. And he is never going to leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads us in all truth. The world can't receive him because they don't, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now, him and later, he will live in you. If you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Everybody look at me. And you are never alone, ever. Ever. Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you because of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, the Lord is near. He's near. Psalm says, he's near to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. He's present. And when you're at your darkest, he's got you. You know, I think it's gonna amaze us one day when we get to heaven and we look back at earth is how near he was and we didn't know it. He was there. He's got you. We have hope because he's present. If he's not present, you're hopeless. We have hope because he's near. So funny, he always feels near on the mountaintops and he always feels distant in the valleys. Isn't that funny? I was thinking about that. When I'm on the mountaintop, it's like, oh yeah, I know he's here. But when I'm in the valley... Do you know what creates mountaintops? What creates mountaintops? Valleys. When I'm in a valley, it just doesn't seem like he's there. And I have a feeling when we pull back the curtains of heaven, 
We're going to go, oh my gosh. He was right there. So that's why that person said that to me. That's why that person prayed for me. God knew I needed it so bad. He sent somebody to say something. Present. His presence. We have perspective. His. Others. Ours. Presence. And number three, plan. Plan. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a plan. This isn't willy-nilly. God's not scratching his head in heaven going, I I just don't know what I'm going to do. It's not happening. There's a plan. But I'll tell you this about the plan. It may not make sense to you now. And it may not ever make sense to you. I want you to write this little thought down and we're going to develop it. Do not let circumstances dictate God's goodness. Don't. When circumstances are bad in my marriage, in my family, in my life, they begin to talk louder than God. Do not let circumstances dictate God's goodness. It was so interesting how Paul in this, and he said, the angel said, don't be afraid, Paul. You're surely going to stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Guys, bad part, we're going to lose our ship. Good parts, we're all going to survive. Plan. See, if we were to draw up the plan, it's all good. It's all good. There's no bad in the plan. It's all good. Hard part is, we talked about this last week, we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, there's bad in this world. Paul writes to the church at Rome that was struggling with things like this and he says this. Listen to what he says. It's going to pop up on the screen. And this is out of the Amplified. And I, lo- I love Amplified because it just brings out the essence. It's the same verse you read in ESV or NASB or NIV or KJV or whatever. But I love how it just brings it out. And we know, Paul says, with great, what's the next word? Confidence. That God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose, plan and purpose. His plan will win, but it doesn't mean all things are good. Sometimes things are bad. But don't think God forgot you. God's got you. There's a verse in Psalms. In fact, it was one of the ones that popped up on the screen earlier. And I love it. And and the writer says it this way. He has tattooed you on the palm of his hand. Why? Because he loves you. 
I would never tattoo a name on of a person I didn't love. I love a lot of people, and I'm not tattooing any of their names to my body because I don't like pain and I'm soft, all right? And so, but it says he's imprinted us on the palm of his hand. He's got a plan. Mike, the plan doesn't make sense right now. Hold on. If it never makes sense here, one day it will make sense there. So I'm holding on. I just may not see it now. His plans always, almost always involve storms. They're often not understood until after the storms have passed. And his plans are for our good and his glory. Would you pray with me? God, I can imagine the elation of the sailors that day when they sensed land was near. God, may that be our sense today. That what may feel hopeless, what may feel like we're forgotten, God, I pray in the spirit of those that find themselves there that they will know the hope's just around the corner. Don't push pause. Don't put a period. Finish the story. God, I'm thankful. I cannot make any promises of what this world may bring us, but I can make promises of what the next will bring us. That's hope. God, sustain us with hope. Strengthen us with hope. And God, may we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Maybe you're in this room today or watching online today and you go, man, Mike, I don't even have a faith, man. I have nothing to hope in. A friend told me what y'all were talking about and you talk about our hope being in Jesus and Jesus being in our heart. Man, he's not in mine. Well, he can be today. Scripture says, for those that call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. If you're here today and you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus, but I want to, would you just cry out to him now? Say, Jesus, would you step out of heaven? Would you? Jesus, would you step in my heart and be my Lord and Savior today? God, we love you. Thanks for loving us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.